Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. So we're back with my buddy, Jared Syke Lawrence, and uh, we've had him on the podcast twice already. This is his third guest appearance. Good to have yeah, you back, if I, buddy. if I get five, I'm told I get like a coat, <laughs> like, like SNL style. You get a special uh, blanket or something. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Let's go for something like nice. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll get a blanket. <laughs> I don't know. Just rag. All right. You just kind of came out of <laughs> Yeah, clean up after sex blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you! Know, you're whoring yourself out for this podcast. Here you go. Here's your shiz rack. <laughs> Jesus. Well, after that, uh, let me give you an illustrious introduction after after your the uh, the blanket. Um, so you are the founder of modernflirting.com, dot com, mm-hmm. and you've been around d- doing this stuff forever, like me. You know, probably around yep. ten years or so. Um, have a ton of awesome content. One of the only guys out there right now who's doing a, a really like total expert on social engineering, on social skills. Today, we're going to be talking about sales and persuasion. That's such Love a it. huge component of um, you know everything that I promote. Because if you can't sell, then how are you supposed to sell yourself, right? Well, I, my, my mentor said, you're always selling. And if you don't know how to sell, then you're just selling yourself short. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, when I first got into uh, personal growth, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll never be a salesman. I don't have any sort of idea how to sell. It feels weird to me. It feels pushy. I never want to be that guy who's like on the phone or that telemarketer I get calls from. Like, I don't want to be that guy. And then here I am later. (laughs) Yeah, here I am later, many, many years. And I mean, selling is my livelihood. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's everybody's livelihood. I think selling, you're constantly in the state of selling yourself. Uh, You're constantly in the state of, even if you do an employee job, even if you're a a burger flipper at McDonald's, you're selling yourself that you deserve that job, that you should stay there, that, you know, they want to keep you day after day. You're constantly selling yourself to either your employer or to new prospects and customers. Sure. It's it's something we do every day in life. I, and I think the biggest apprehension that people have around sales is um, you know, they don't want to be pushy or yeah. they don't want to be, you know, because no one likes feeling pressured. No one likes feeling forced or kind of like cajoled or in a corner um, having to say, you know, we don't like to say no. At least I don't like to say no to people. Maybe I'm a more agreeable type of person. Some people who are less agree- agreeable might have no problems. You're like, no, <laughs> you suck. No, thanks. Right. <laughs> My former business partner was incredibly like that. Yes. No qualms about it. <laughs> what? what are you trying to tell me? Get the I, fuck out of here. Right? I literally cursed with that. I'm like, you're fucking idiot. Just do it. What is wrong with you? I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> he, had no, he had no qualms about that kind of selling. Well, I mean, I, I just feel terrible. I'm the guy that like, I, I really hope homeless people don't approach me because like half the time I'll give them money. Like I just, I really hate saying no to people. Um, I guess because I've been in that situation. Uh, I, you know, my very first job at a college, even though I told myself for <laughs> all the time in college, I won't have a sales job. My first job at a college um, was an internship was um, 
working for a commercial real estate company and they gave me this huge list of people that owned multi-unit properties and my job was to get on the phone and get get a listing contract basically become their agent which is (laughs) jesus it's fucking impossible yeah so you know, it was, it was, you know, it was one of those situations where I came in as an intern. They didn't know what I should be doing. They're like, all right, just put this kid on the phone, let him dial for dollars. It and be disheartening uh, and beat your self-esteem down into the mud. Uh, there you go. Here's impossible tasks. Have fun. Have fun. Yeah. That I lasted about a month and a half in that internship. Yeah. You know, I wonder why. I can imagine. Um, brutal. <laughs> and then, you know, many years later, I learned a, um, one of these sales techniques, they actually called it heart selling. So not hard selling, but heart selling. Sure. Um, and uh, it was a, a kind of a guided discovery process that you take a potential prospect through to find out, you know, what they were looking for, what their pain was, um, mm-hmm. what sort of emotional uh, things they were dealing with, and then found a solution. And the solution happened to be, if it happened to be something you were offering, then that would be a good fit and you could uh, potentially close the deal. So that, you know, I went from like cold calling, dialing for dollars in a boiler room, working in finance to, to learning like this, Oh, you know, this heart based woo woo (laughs) stuff that was taught by, uh, you know, hippy dippies from Santa Cruz. So I've kind of had my, my whole uh, run the gamut in sales, but you know, tell, tell everyone about your background. Oh, my background. And so, so I like you. I hated it. I hated being that pushy guy. Um, I kind of fell into sales and then I started teaching sales to people uh, just like pick up or getting better with women. I realized it is a skill set like anything else and you can synthetically learn it. And in the market of salesmen, whether it's for cars, callers, cold callers, whether it's for any service, really what you get is that what I found is a, a world of naturals. Guys who are just, they get it or they don't. And when you actually go for sales advice and you ask these people like, all right, how do I sell? How do I get better at this? Because I need to you know, make more money. Uh, they give you a lot of generic advice, like always be closing. Uh, you got to just put yourself in the right mood and the right state for it. You have to, um, you know, you got to like not take no for an answer and handle it and you know, objection by telling them uh, how great it is. If they're, if they're somewhat decent, they'll tell you, uh, you know, some, some, a little bit better advice, something like, you know, it's not about features. It's about the benefits. Um, which is 100% true, but very, very rarely can people break down what makes good sales and the science behind it and the tactics behind it. And that's the shit I love. You know, I have seven years of formal psychological training in college, grad school, and I didn't give a shit about what they're teaching in class. All I read about was attraction, persuasion, why people, how people work, the social psychology. I really didn't give a shit whatever the professor was talking about. My head was buried in books on these kind of topics. So I loved it from first an intellectual point of view. And then I started actually putting it into practice and realizing sales isn't so bad. It's not this thing of where you have to be like, come on, do it, do it, do it. Like, fuck you, do it. Right. Like that's to me, that's a bad salesman. So we have this perception, first of all, where we see a guy, it's like, look, here's a pen. You need this pen, do it. And you're like, no. And I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to convince you to buy this pen. Okay. To me, already that frame, that idea is a bad salesman. The idea of a good salesman is to create uh, what's called frame alignment. It's the idea that I don't want to force you to buy this. I want you to come to the inevitable conclusion that you need this. 
I can't convince you. I can't tell you shit. Okay. The idea is you have to convince yourself and see it for yourself of, Hey, you know what? I could use a, I could use a pen, right? Jordan Belfort's famous thing, like, sell me this pen. No, sell me the pen. Blind, <laughs> sell me this pen, right? Like, sign All the right paper. <laughs> yeah. Sign the paper. Right here. Write, write down, write down your name. I'm going to show you a cool trick. Like, oh, well, I need a pen. Aha. Uh-huh, I got it. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it's just, it's creating the need, creating the desire and the benefits of you get to write down and sign this contract and do all this cool stuff with this pen. Okay. So I want the frame alignment. I want the person I'm talking to, to not feel like, oh man, I got, you know, he's, he tricked me and got me to do this thing. It's more of the idea of, of, I know this is the best thing that could happen for you, for you, whatever this product is, the offer, the service, the product, whatever. I know in my heart, it's the best thing for you. Therefore, I have to find, I have to show you why that is. And you mm-hmm. have to come to the, I have to lead you down a path to show you the inevitable conclusion that yes, this is the ideal thing for you. Now, personally, I can't do that unless I fully believe in a product or the service. Like, I don't know, right. maybe guys, there's psychopaths out there who are really good at selling stuff that's obviously not good for the person. To me, I think I'm, that's the first, uh, I, yeah, I feel exactly the same. And I think that's the first mistake mm-hmm. a lot of people make, or that, that could be the first, um, uh, you know, reason why they don't want to have a sales job is because they feel like they're going to be selling this thing, you know, working for this company that they don't really understand, that they don't really believe in. Uh, you know, my next job out of college was trying to sell CEOs on the idea of going public. Right. And I had a whole script and my job was to cold call CEOs of, uh, of certain companies that, you know, that we were looking to target, but I didn't even know why it was a benefit for them to go public. <laughs> that's the fir- yeah, that's the first thing. Whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, before you go to the scripts and the techniques and the tactics, you have to get to the why. It really is a mental yeah. internal thing because the real reframe is uh, if you understand why this is so beneficial for the guy that you're talking to, if I understand why this pen really and truthfully will benefit your life, now the feeling becomes it is a disservice to not get you to own this pen because I know it's going to benefit you. Does that make sense? It's like, it's like trying to, I always talk about in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to sell the cure for cancer to a guy with cancer who just doesn't believe in it. It's like, if he doesn't believe in it, like this could save your life. And I get that this sounds magical and this sounds bullshit and this sounds scammy. But if you know in your heart of hearts, this can cure cancer right here, you would be out of your mind and you would be, you would be an awful person not to do everything in your power to get this guy to, to buy this, to take it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of my mentality when it comes to selling. It's realizing the benefit of it yourself and then going, all right, what step by step? Now I can walk through the process to get the person to want whatever it is. And, you know, if we're talking about women, you're selling yourself to women. If you're talking about employment, you're selling yourself to the employer. If you're talking about owning your own business. You're obviously selling your product or services. So we're always selling in some way. It's, but it comes down to the first initial belief of I have, to want, I have to believe in the value and benefit of the product, whether it's me or whatever it is. So I guess the first piece of advice would be if you don't believe in it, uh, you know, take a really hard look at why. And, yeah. uh, and sell something else, I guess. Um, sell something else or find the value of it. Maybe that you didn't realize. Or improve it. Um, I see that a lot actually with guys that get into dating is they, you know, especially guys that get into crap, like pickup shit. Um, yeah. you know, they're, <laughs> they're going out, they've got their spiel, they've got their, 
you know, their routine stack. Um, but they, they know that, that it's, it's phony, it's fake. And of course it's not going to work because they know the product that they're selling or that they're peddling is crap. Um, they're not even thinking of selling that. They're, they're, they're thinking of taking a yeah. lot of those guys, it, you know, when selling the mindset again, so we're going to, I can break down all the tactics for the guys who want to learn about selling, but the, the mindset of selling is you're giving them, you're giving, which right. is weird because selling it's like, come you're on, serving. Come on, you're serving. I like to say serving. And it, just to, just to clarify what I meant before that would, you know, I certainly felt like that when I first got into pickup, I was overweight. Uh, I was dorky and I was like, all right, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I could go out and sell myself, but like, I'm going to get found out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get found out. Any girl I really want is going to, you know, even if I like get her in a bed, you know, trick her to give me her number, some bullshit like that. Like she, I'm going to get found out that, I'm a, you know, she's going to leave. And you know, Absolutely. that's what happened in the beginning. Then I was like, Oh, you have to work on yourself. All these stupid pickup guys didn't, didn't tell me it's about personal growth or anything. So, and rant there, uh, but going getting back to serving, um, you know that's that's kind of the come from for me. It's um, how can I serve this person? How can I get like you said this cancer saving thing <laughs> into your hands? You realize it benefits them. The entire dynamic changes. If it feels like you're trying to scam them, you, unless you're a psychopath, I don't see how you, you're a good salesman. Right. So that's yeah. that's the first that's the first mentality of it, right? Um, so at the end of the day, you have to match a desire. You can't, there's something about marketing, it's a, a great quote or something, which is like the market can't create the desire. It can only uh, meet the demand. So for instance, if you're in a room full of pens, I can't sell you a pen. You have a room full of pens. It doesn't make sense. You're the most unqualified lead ever. And it's a, and honestly what it becomes, it's a waste of my time to try and get you to see why this pen is better than that. Now, I can, now again, frame alignment. I can get you to see things from my point of view, maybe of why this pen is unlike any of the other pens that you have in your room right now. Sure, but at the end of the day, you're, you're an unqualified lead. So you want people who see, who already have a pain point or a desire for whatever your product or your services. But it, comes, it comes very down to that. And, you know, it's, um, and that's marketing. You know, Marketing is finding those people, right? Absolutely. Finding those people and then selling to them. So I think it's important to talk about the difference, right? Marketing is finding the people that need pens and then selling them is the actual, you know, is why marketing is like, Hey, pay attention to me. And selling is, Oh, I have your attention. Let's talk. (laughs) Let's make this happen. Right. Uh, But if you're getting the attention of the wrong people, right? Like, like if you, for instance, if you're talking about like pickup, if you go into a lesbian bar, probably not the best qualified leads, right? Like you're just not <laughs> going to find girls who are that down. I mean, it's, it's just going to make it a lot harder for you. Right. Um, so a lot of times, but people think a lot, so what's funny is in sales, most, I would say like 80% of the sales is actually me asking questions versus yeah. what most people think, which is, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. Oh, Johnny, Johnny got a secret over here. All right, let me tell you about the time right here. <laughs> like people think it's like, like a smooth talking silver tongue. You know, like this, this yeah. time is amazing. Like, no, it's honestly just like, let me ask you the questions. And ideally what the questions do is they create a funnel that again, the idea, the, the main objection frame alignment, the person comes to the inevitable conclusion themselves that they want the pen or the, you know, the service and product. 
Right. And so the person in control of a conversation when it comes to sales is the one asking the questions. Yes. And those people are talking way less because you ask a question, then you listen. Um, mm-hmm. So they have to be a much better listener than a, than a talker, which is the that's opposite what, of what everyone thinks. That's why they, a lot of times yeah. people think like you have to be very extroverted and you have to be this really big talker to do sales. A lot of it's knowing when to, when to shut the fuck up and just yeah. listen. Right. Yeah. I'd say and most of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, a big thing is when you're when I'm listening, just like in, in pickup or sales, every single thing the prospect or the person says completely changes the dynamic, right? So for instance, if I'm trying to sell you, uh, let's say, and this energy drink, okay, right? And you're saying uh, how you already have so much energy and energy is great and it's amazing and you're just, you know, really you're just trying to like be really healthy and you're all about health and fitness, right? Now, at that point, obviously, the key thing about energy, it says right here, energy, right? My key benefit of this, of this drink is that it gives you energy. But if I'm hearing you correctly, and you're talking about how you already have all this energy, and you're just on a health kick right now, all of a sudden, I'm going to shut the fuck up about the energy benefit, because I know that's not a pain point for you, or a desire, a care. Your care is health, right? At that point, I go, all right, well, fuck this. Hey, did you notice there's zero calories? Did you notice that there's vitamin B? six and whatever there's zero carbs in this this is a a great healthy drink where you're not going to gain weight you're going to be stay lean and if you just wanted like a nice drink Mm -hmm. right all of a sudden the benefit what what i'm going to be explained to you and the benefits change drastically based on what i just heard from you versus like i'm going to be a blind monkey in script and go but but the energy it's it's the greatest energy drink out there you're like yeah but i have tons of energy not this much energy this is a lot of this is great (laughs) energy it, it, that's not going to work. So you have to hear and listen to the prospect of what do they desire. So then you can pivot and go, okay, how can my service and product help fit that desire, that pain point? So let's, uh, let's try to tailor this, I guess, for a few different people or a few different sure. types of people that would most likely be listening. Um, uh, maybe an entrepreneur, I guess, why don't we first start with an entrepreneur who has a great idea for a company Mm-hmm. maybe is even you know past the idea point they're they're selling their widget um uh and they're you know they're not they're not rich off it right they're they're trying to quit their job uh, i get a lot they're, of they're making four figures a year five yeah, figures something like okay. that what do we do for a guy like that but now we're going to all business development discuss which i also love and i'm fine talking about um, I'm just recently this year, I've been diving into two key topics, which is business development and, uh, success mindset of what makes successful people successful in all areas of life. So I love talking about this stuff now, getting away from just your pickup. But, um, I would say the first thing you have to understand is uh, going back to the selling aspect is what it is you're selling. And there's three levels uh, of what you're selling. There's impulse buy, there's moderate, and then there's high ticket. Okay. Impulse buy, that's kind of where you want to just go, uh, you know, what most people think about selling. Just close, heavy, hard. Come on, do it now. Don't think. Make him, you, know, you have to make it feel like an impulse. So if it's like a widget, that's an impulse buy. That's a probably a $10 item where it's just like, come on. But look, this is, this is fun. Just take it. Here, 10 bucks. Here, let me sign you up right now. Here, how many widgets? You want five widgets, 10 widgets? Fucking 10 bucks. What do you want? Right? Yeah. That's kind of the, uh, I, I guess, okay, yeah, who cares, right? 10 bucks, who cares, all right? When it's low enough, 
and keep in mind, every, whether it's uh, impulse moderate or high ticket, um, it's always going to be people buy based on emotion. Same thing with women, same thing with anybody. People make decisions based on emotion. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great phrase we all know, which is don't change their mind, change your mood, not their mind, right? If they're not wanting to do something, don't logic them to death. Change your mood, make them happy, make them want to, make them want to invest. So that's, so for, if it was a widget salesman, I would say focus your sales structure on impulse buy. You don't need to go through this whole thing. Now, if the exact opposite, if it's a guy who's like, I'm selling, I don't know, like some, a big high ticket item service where it's like, I'm uh, selling you on a, a cruise charter for 20 grand or something, right? Like some big high ticket item. Now what we're talking about is uh, we, have to, we have to take them through a very systematic funnel because no one's going to make an impulse decision like that. Uh, the best book I know for high ticket uh, sales is something called spin selling. And spin yeah. selling stands for situation, problem, implication, need. And what you do is you get to situation, you ask the questions, figure out what the, what's going on. Then you get to problem points, their problem points. The biggest thing with sales, again, of what, I, what I find when I'm, when I'm in training salesmen, guys who, and I've been training, I trained uh, some sales guys who've been doing it for years and they're like, no one breaks it down like this. No one understands it this way. Because again, it's like being trained by naturals. So they understand the mindset, but they don't understand the, the tactic. And they're like, this is amazing. So once you get the problem, their problem points, it changes everything you're doing. You're not blindly saying, hey, here's why you need this. You're listening, going, okay, that's their problem. I'm hearing the problem. I'm hearing what it, their issue is. And now the idea is we're going to expand that. We're going to go into the I, the implication. And that's the most important point. What does this imply if this problem doesn't get fixed? What does this mean? Are they okay with this problem being here in five years from now? Are they, you know, what's the alternative? If they don't do what you're suggesting, then what does that imply? You know, what else are they going to do? Do they have another alternative? Why is those alternatives shit, right? And at that point, we, we hit those implications. Now we go into the need, how this service and product or whatever, you know, the, this cruise will fit that need. It would be life-changing. It will give them memories that they'll never forget. It will allow them to de-stress and, you know, come back a million times harder with their business because they had that amazing getaway. They, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that they, they desire and want, we, we, we target that, okay? So that's a so great book. Yeah. What's the difference between the implication and the need? What's the so the implication is what happens if the problem doesn't get fixed. Okay. So here's a problem. What does that mean? Like, okay. like, like, it's like, oh, I'm not good at talking to girls. Okay, that's a problem. The implication is you will never have a son. You will die alone. You will be lonely and miserable for the rest. You sound like, like, oh my God, that's so much. Like, there's yeah. a problem talking to girls, but these are real implications. Right. Now, the need is just take a boot camp or listen to these calls or, you know, just so take the need some action. Is the, Go approaching. The, the need is the solution or the close, right. you could say. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that, uh, that's basically the, the funnel. And that's the, that's the easy funnel. I have like a 12 step uh, script here of you know how i take them through but that's like the basic basic type of funnel gotcha um yeah i, I learned spin selling way back in the day i'd forgotten what the the spin stood for mm-hmm. but i learned it in that other that that heart selling thing i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. was a spin-off of spin selling which is used a little bit more you know lovey-dovey <laughs> touchy-feely I, sort of stuff i love it i can't fake it that's the one thing but by selling what I personally am passionate about, 
um, one of the big things is it, I, I want to demonstrate and show the person that I care and yes. that it's, it's, it, it's honest and it's authentic and that, you know, which is stuff you don't think about with sales. But again, like I said, when you fully understand that I know in my heart of hearts that what I'm doing is going to benefit your life for the better. I know for a fact it's going to benefit your life for the better. Then I'm going to fight tooth and nail to make the person understand and see that and, I'm, and earn that person's trust, show that person I care. Um, I've had it before where I had a guy offer me $10,000 for a one-off deal and I told him no. And said, you need, to, you need to be paying me 2400 not 10000 for this ongoing mentorship that I offer. Because I don't believe in one-offs. Like, I'm not going to sell something I don't believe in. He's like, look, right. look I want, a, I want a, a quick fix thing. I want ten grand. I want to throw money at this problem and do a big, intense thing with you. And then that's it. And I'm like, that will not work. 100%, that will not work. You do, and it doesn't need to. You don't need to pay 10000 for this big month or whatever. All you need to do is pay $2,400 which is less than most boot camps, And I will give you six months of ongoing mentorship. And he goes, oh, that's a big commitment. I, I can't commit to six months. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm telling you exactly what to do, giving you more <laughs> That's service. the type of guy that would come and do the, you know, pay the 10K and then charge it back or ask for a refund because it just didn't he, work. You know, like, even, even if he did Of course it. not. <laughs> let's, let's say he yeah. was just like, here you go. And he disappeared, whatever. And still in my mind, I know that wouldn't work. That's a scam. And he just wants it because of other marketing that's out there. Right. So I'm literally arguing with this man that don't pay me 10 grand, pay me a fifth of it, right? Like pay me 2,400, give me, give me, give me a, you know, like a fraction of that for more longer service because that's what I believe in. So, and right. it has to come down to that. You have to sell what you actually believe so in does, and understand the benefit. Does the, the spin selling model work for all types of selling? I mean, there's a specific, no. yeah. So what, uh, what, what does it, what sort of models does it work for? Obviously, it works it for only works selling for a service. Right. So, so selling you do a product, service. spin selling works for anything that's, I would say, over two or $3,000. And it's service-based, you could say. Like, I couldn't Not sell... Product. You can sell cars that way. You can sell a product. How about, how about I'm the uh, founder of a startup and I want to I sell equity in my company? Easy. Give me, give me, do you... Uh, if I say, give me 10 bucks right now and I'll give you a hundred, would that be worth it to you? When? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if you, yeah. if you give me 10, you give me 10 bucks, I give you a hundred. Is that a good deal? Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's in the spin selling model. No, no, no. That's, that's a different um, mindset or framework. Right. So that would basically, that would be a, every time we, we do a pitch, I call it, it's a, it's a reframe essentially. It's a way of looking at it. Because again, remember, sales, the whole point of it is frame alignment. We want the person to understand our point of view of why this is beneficial. So in this case, you're selling, I want to sell equity of my company. I'm like, well, the reason you're selling equity of your company is because you're CEO, you want to make money. You're right? You wouldn't give up equity not to make money. That doesn't make sense. Right. So the idea is if you give me the equity, I will give you a return on that investment. I'm, I'll give you more. So the, it's, an, it's an easy understanding of, look, without getting into all the... Whistles if I didn't believe you, I'd be like, what are you going to use the money for? And you have to tell me for this and that and the other. And so like, that's right, where it comes to the business plan. Right. Now we're getting to That'd the be... objections of either you don't trust me or you don't trust yourself. And right. that's where I have to handle that objection and earn that rapport, earn that trust. Uh, but that's the easy reframe to it. What about asking for a raise? Because you could say asking that's for, a sales okay. conversation. So 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I've had guys get tons, you know, a lot of uh, my guys are programmers. They work for Google. They work for YouTube, which is the same company now. Uh, Facebook, uh, Oracle. I've had guys who get raises in all these kind of areas. What you, basically, what you want to do is you want to, demo, you want to basically know when you're going to do the right. You don't want to just do it randomly, right? You want to pre-seed it and pre-screen it. And you basically want, I would say it's like a two-week system where you first go up to your boss and you go, hey, I really want to step it up. How can I be of more service? How can I help out more? I don't know. I just, I want to step it up, right? And they're like, oh, like that's not what they're used to. They're used to guys coming in yeah. like take, yeah. right? So like, I Timmy, mean, his initiative is really good. We need yeah, more people just, like Timmy here. Yeah, and, and you're not doing it right after you. It's, 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 it's basically the idea of I want to give value and I want nothing in return. At least exactly. the, the perception, right? You're just like, right. you know, I, I really like this job. I'm really appreciative of it. And I want to know how I can step things up. And you're like, well, I mean, I got this work on my desk. I don't want to do it. If you want to take a stab at it, you're like, I'm done. Deal. And then for one week, you show them that you're stepping it up. And, there's, and, you're, and you're constantly pre-screening the value. And you're saying how we are winning. But it's always your accomplishment. So basically, you'll, you'll have done something. <laughs> Like, let's say you just got a sale, right? You made a sale for the company or, you, or maybe you just created a new program that's going to save the company money. Whatever it is your job is doing, you then highlight it without making it sound braggadocious that it's about you. You make it sound like the company's winning. So it's like, I just got it. So instead of saying, I just got a sale, by the way, did you notice, boss? I sold this guy for 20 grand. You go, oh my God, we just won. Like the company just made 20 grand off this guy. We just, we, we frame it. You go, we, you know, we just got another close. This is awesome. How, uh, boss, how can I do this again? I love it. I want to, let's, let's do it again. Is there another client you can show me? We just got a $20,000 close. The boss is like, fuck it. Like, this is amazing. Um, it, it feels like your, your value is I want the company to succeed. Every boss, every CEO, their baby is a company. What they want more than anything, honestly, more than a hard worker, guy who's always grinding and stuff, what they want more than anything is someone who shares their vision and somebody who also is passionate about seeing the company grow because that's their baby, right? Sure. So when you show that to, the, to your boss or your employer that I'm all about making this company grow, it's not about me, it's about this company, right? They see that for a bit. All of a sudden, you're the go- you will become the golden child. You're the golden boy. You're the one where they're just like, this guy is amazing, right? Then when you have that conversation, you could say, hey, uh, you know, I've, uh, I want, you know, you, I want to come talk to you. Uh, they go, cool, come in, let's go talk to the office. And you go, look, I really want to grow here. I want to grow here. How do I go about doing that more? How can I grow more here? Because I love this company. I love what we're about. Uh, what would that look like? And then they'll tell you like, well, the next step would be blank. This is blank. Right. And then you can just outline and you get them to say exactly what's needed for growth growth is just another way of saying raise right so if they say well the next growth you know could be you're a senior vp or whatever you're a senior of something right and you go okay what are the responsibilities what are the compensation what does it look like you kind of like sandwich it in the compensation part so they say mm-hmm. yes it's more compensated it's more whatever and now instead of just going hey give me more money you're saying give me the roadmap to more money i've already proven i'm 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 your guy now, give me the roadmap. What criteria do you need to hit? A lot of times, they might not even know. They might just be like, well, you know, you just got to put in the work and whatever. I'm going to go, okay, awesome. Uh, 
so so far, what would you say? What would you see to my work? What can I improve on? What have you liked or not liked? And they're going to just be like, honestly, you've been doing great. You've been doing blank, 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 and blank. All right. And you say, okay, cool. Uh, is it possible to to grow now with the company? Then, if you know, if I keep this work going the way it's going, you know, can we uh, can we can we negotiate on my position, my compensation, uh, my leadership roles here? Because I want to be part of this company's growth. It's all every basically everything I'm saying is one. Show me my roadmap to get to the next level. If they can't do that, then make a case of how I'm already done it. Then, or if they can do that, then it's just hit that out. Honestly, just like let's hit that out. And it's always in terms of don't give me more. It's basically let me be a bigger part of this company and culture that I love and that I care about. So that now you obviously want to pay me more because I'm a more vital important role. Right, I'm providing more and. Obviously, they're going to feel like they need to be compensated. Actually, it, it happened uh, recently with a guy I was working with. Um, at first, and he didn't even ask for the raise. Um, and it wasn't a strict like, you know, he was working for me sort of deal. We, we agreed to a joint venture. At first, he wanted 50%. And I didn't think it was worth that. So we negotiated down to 40. Uh, and then a few weeks later, he was doing such a good job. And I saw it required a lot more work than I thought it originally did. I'm like, mm-hmm. sorry, man, dude, I'm going to, you know, you absolutely deserve 50% for, for this. And I just, I sent him that out of the blue in an email. Um, so if you're working with fair people, then they'll want to pay you what you're worth. Um, yeah. I mean, not everybody's going to be fair. I mean, that's great. I mean, but it, it's more of everybody's going to be somewhat selfish. You can't, you can't expect that, obviously. You can't expect um, that, but yeah. it's great that you did. I mean, obviously, you know, when you have stuff, when you have a fair person, that's it's great. But if, if you have to make a case, though, I, so that's why the first week to step it up. If they see it right. and they offer it, that's, that's ideal, right? It's great. That's and, almost never going to happen. But what, what you can do is you can make yourself irreplaceable. Uh, that's what I did at my, at my you know, second real sales job was I raised so much money for the company that, you know, and I, you know, I've raised like 50% of the, the, of their clientele, which put me in a position of fuck you that they talk about in some movie here or there. I forget. Uh, (laughs) And um, I was like, all right, here's the deal. I don't want to work from the office anymore. I want a country club membership because that way I can prospect new clients easier and I'm really good at golf. So it's an easy, it's an easy end to talk to rich people. Uh, buy me the country club membership and I'll work from there instead of coming to the office. And they're like, no way, we're not, we're not doing that. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I, you know, have this potential offer at this other place that, that will let me do thing. that. You, you let <laughs> like, them know, like, you're not the only, my only option. I have right. options. Once, once an employer knows you have options and you're irreplaceable, then, then that's when you're going to bend over. Totally. So that's, that's the, the bend over or a walk approach. <laughs> yes. Well, well it's, it's, I wouldn't, you don't want to remember people make decisions on emotions. If you get them angry, right. they might just do it out of spite. Like, well, you, you're going to, you think you're going to walk out there. Fine. Fuck. It, I don't need you. Even if they do, they might cut off their nose and spite their face. So I wouldn't yeah. say like, Hey, if you don't do it, I'm leaving. Make a decision, bitch. Like right. I wouldn't go like, like that. It would be more like that. That wasn't my, my attitude either. It was, of course. It was yeah. It was just like, look, I do have, it's it was more cool like, I, story like that though. I felt like a badass. It, it, it would be more like, I like, again, I like the company here. I like this culture. I want to be with this company, but at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me. And they're offering me this country club and they're offering me a higher pay and they're trying to steal me away. And I don't like it. The fact that they're yeah. doing that. 
But right. at the end of the day, I got to do what's best for me, even though I want to stay here. So if you can at least just match it, oh my God, I would love to be here with you. It's like, fuck. All right, fine. Yes. Okay, fine. We'll match it. Just stay, stay right here. We, we need you. <laughs> All right, I got another good one. Uh, this is this is totally back to dating related. Um, it always comes back to dating. <laughs> all right, so you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship. Maybe you don't believe in monogamy. Um, how do you sell a girl you're casually dating who wants something monogamous on continuing to date you without that monogamous framework? So I know I exactly how to do it it's just not the most <laughs> pc thing i'm trying to think of like what's a good uh i have um, a pretty so pc my, one okay um, let's, i'd rather hear yours mine's not the, i i i have a live i have a live example actually i've been on i did on text and i showed some of my advanced guys how to do it all right screw it i mean okay i'm all about influence and not manipulation and stuff but at the end of the day like Sometimes it's all about frame one. They see things from your point of view. And I, I want to preface this by saying there's no such thing as mind control. So at the end of the day, people are going to make their own decisions and people are going to do what they want to do, right? right. Um, and use this sparingly, I guess. The problem is that you teach everybody's going to start doing this shit and it's going to... It'll lose its luster. <laughs> no, it's not even lose its luster. It's like I'm worried like women are going to be like, what the fuck? You know, like I want to be good to women. So... Yeah. I guess women, honestly, if the women listen to this, they can do it to men too. I'm pretty sure it would work in reverse. I don't know why, but they can get something else out of it. Uh, so, so basically, when we have a relationship in a forums and you get a girl who, doesn't, who only believes in monogamy and all this stuff, you know, she's, she has her set ways of thinking. So this is called frame transformation, um, where you have to kill. There's two ways of doing it. You have to do frame transformation, which is killing the pillars of whatever the beliefs of the monogamy are. The second way is just downplay and, and re- reframe what the relationship actually is. So the first way is why didn't she not believe in monogamy? Uh, what is supporting that? And you have to systematically kill those things off and show why it's ludicrous. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense. Yada, yada. Okay. And there's many reasons why she might believe in monogamy. It could be religion, friends, her upbringing, whatever the case may be. That's why it's kind of like, uh, do you really want to re- like, I don't really go that route. That's kind of like a more dark route and an easier, the more, the more easier one is just, now I'm playing what the relationship is, and then if it grows, it grows, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, there was this one girl who I ended up sleeping with, and she says, I know you're in open relationships, you know, uh, but just so you know, I'm not that kind of girl. I don't do that. So this, you know, like, I, you know, if it's going to be me and you and nobody else, I'm a, I'm a psycho bitch. I will go crazy and, and cut a girl. And I'm like, this is exactly what I don't want to hear. This is awful. But I'm just like, yeah, no, it's cool. No, it's great. Like I could totally see myself doing the monogamy thing with you. Like you're different. And like, like I'm just like <laughs> saying what's needed at that moment. Right. And she goes, okay, okay, good, good. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's fine. In my head, I'm like, all right, well, this has to be all reframed. So later on after, you know, we're, again, this is not going to work on a girl who's not attracted to you. She, I had, she had to be deeply attracted to me. There had to be a connection for me. Now that she's attracted to me and into me, uh, you know, a week or two later, the idea is I, I create a fight over nothing um, because a relationship can't be reframed or reforged if everything's all hunky-dory. You have to have a fight, unfortunately. So she thinks she called me a man whore or something because she read my book and you know all this stuff. And I basically act very mock-defended mock at the idea 
that she would call me a man whore. How dare she? And, and like, that's, you know, I have changed and, and, and how dare she judge me like that and whatever. I'm laughing because like, I know you so <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, how dare you, ma'am? Right? right. <laughs> like, like I am changed. I'm appalled. <laughs> I'm appalled at, at this. And she, and she's like, well, I, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. And da, da, da. I'm like, no, that's kind of messed up. And if that's how you see me, then this isn't even going to work out. Honestly, like if that's how you see me, then we, we shouldn't even be together. We should just be friends then. A complete willingness to walk away. Screw this. I'm cutting this off. Uh, how dare you? And she goes, well, well hold on. Like, I, I mean, what do you mean? And I, I have it literally like a random thing. Um, and I'm just like, well, you need to make a decision. You know, like if, if that's how you see me, then we should just, you know, we should just be friends. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to just be friends then? And she goes, no, uh, no, I, you know, I didn't think it was that serious. And I'm like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Perfect. Because she's like, you, see, you don't seem like the guy who needs to separate the two, right? Friend or relationship and thing. And I'm like, well, here's the deal. I'm, you know, I'm the kind of guy who, you know, I'm not really looking to go hardcore to dating right now. And not, like you said, I'm not a man whore. I'm focused on my business. I'm focused on this other stuff. Um, you know, my, my whole thing is it seems like maybe you want more or you, you know, want this whole thing right, right now. And, you know, it, it can't be about that. I don't think you, I don't think you can handle uh, just something chill, fun and casual. Uh, so, you know what, maybe it's better. We just be friends. And again, she's attracted to me. She likes me at this point. And she, and so now it's like, fuck you. I can handle it. How dare you? Like I, so she's saying, uh, no, I didn't really see you as more than just what it is anyways. You know, like uh, I wouldn't think it was going to be super serious. It just seemed like fun and casual to me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, if that's what you're okay with, if that's what you want, then sure. <laughs> then I guess, I guess we can be more than just friends. If, that, if that's really what you want and you think that's best. And you're like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I absolutely want, you know, that's what I want. I'm like, okay. Right? So it's, it's, it's just downplayed a relationship from, okay, we're going the direction of like boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing to wait a minute, you know, we're fighting over some nonsense. You know what? Maybe it's better we just break up break up like, like it's almost like like let's just be friends yeah. and then she's like wait i don't want that i still tried to do still want to be around you and you're like well i don't think you could handle you know just fun casual shit you're putting like a challenge frame on her and you're just saying like you're kind of ruining it like i don't think you can handle this so now she will argue why she can handle that kind of relationship and why she's mature enough for it and why she can you know do something like that um and then you go okay if that's again that's what you want and now you've downplayed a relationship to this where it's open and then it can just start gradually growing. Now, as it grows and a more, you know, uh, a love takes over and more connection uh, starts beginning. Now you just have to go into the value points and the, the framework and ideas of why an open relationship is better than a closed one, how it's more well, successful. It's, it's funny. Cause basically, unless uh, I misunderstood, all you did was flipped what she did to you. <laughs> and created created kind of the exact uh, the same situation but you flipped roles so in the first role there was a little bit of a fight right mm-hmm. and you were on the defensive and she was like you know i want this i'm this type of girl like you know it, it, it's either me or it's no one and you're like oh well, yeah sure i i just i disagree because <laughs> if i fight that she's gonna dig yeah. her heels in and go fuck you you're not what i'm looking for no no exactly you can't fight that Right. You have to you have to wait for another time because she's in that aggressor situation where she's like, it's my way or the highway. And, you know, we can be friends or not. Right. And Mm -hmm. she's not in a she's not in a 
let's talk about this sort of emotion. Right. Yeah. She's not in that state. She's like, this is how it is. And all you've done, it seems like, is taken a situation, created a, you know, (laughs) a situation where you're not in a agreeable, let's have a dialogue. Well, I made made a fight where she feels she's at fault. She called me this man whore. How dare you? Yeah, or, or not even. I don't even know if it needs to matter that she's at fault, but now you're in a disagreeable emotional state, mm-hmm. and she's going to to say, "Okay, sure." Like you know, she's going to go along with with your stance because she doesn't want her to lose a relationship either. Correct. And and now you're in a place where you can have an adult like, you know, later down the road, you're in a place and where and, and it's it's frame it's frame open expansion. dialogue. Yeah, it, it's frame expansion because we both agree. Now again, I can change later, but basically, the, the the expanded frame is now: if we were to be boyfriend girlfriend, it would be monogamous. But since we're not, we can just have fun and see other people and do our own thing. Right. So it's like you're right. If if we were dating and boyfriend girlfriend, of course you'd be you know you'd have your way. But since it's not that, we can just have fun, date, fool around, and then both see other people. Right, right. I think that's an important point because, you know, in the beginning you were a little hesitant to talk about it because I, I, I'm guessing that's because you know you that you're kind of contriving this fight sort of deal, right? You're blowing the, you're, you're blowing it out of proportion that she called you a man whore, even though you're right. like, I, I call it creating the well where you're just making her feel really bad and guilty. And, and she's like, Oh, I fucked up and, and I don't want to feel this way. And then you're like, well, here's how to fix it. <laughs> And then sure. how to fix it. it. So to me, that is a bit manipulative. Like, I don't like that. But obviously, at the, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, it's, there's no mind control. And it, yeah. and it's, it is going to be willing to walk away. And at that point, it's not like I'm making, you know, I'm manipulating and controlling her mind. It's she, it, she, it, what does she want to do? Does she want to just be friends? And if she did, I would, I would respect that. And yeah. that's a clean break. Or does she want to accept the new frame? That's all it comes down to. I do. It's so important when you have the conversation and the sort of mindset you're in and she's in when that conversation takes place. Right. Because if, if she's in a closed off, right, she caught you cheating sort of thing when you didn't have any sort of, you know, understanding or agreement in place, we're like, what what do you mean? It wasn't cheating. We were open. Like we weren't open. Right. That's not a place to have a, (laughs) A loving Ross, conversation. The Ross and Rachel about, fight. <laughs> about the that's, future of your relationship, right? Yes. <laughs> that's not when you want to have that that talk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I see what you're doing more as a way to, you know, like set aside that and have the talk at a later date when... Yeah, like choose your battle. Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I never thought about it that way because... Um, Typically, guys just want to know. All right, she's she's pressuring me to be monogamous. I don't want to be monogamous yet. Yeah. Uh, what do I do? And I think that's an important distinction. It's well, first you have to make sure you have the conversation in a place where both are open and uh, or, or potentially open to to finding out to learning another way of relating to each other. Mm-hmm. So, and you were the one who initially told me to. Uh, to watch uh, Monogamy Explain, that Netflix. That's I had already probably read, the best screener. To yeah, get the I'd already read going. Sex at Dawn, and Monogamy mm-hmm. Explained is basically a 20-minute um, 
much easier to digest version of Sex at Dawn by right. by. Chris. Maybe you're just sitting there with your girl. You're like, oh, what's this on Netflix? Let's, this is interesting. You put it on <laughs> 20 minutes. You're going, hmm. Right. That's the marketing. That's the marketing. (laughs) And if she's open to it, you know, you have potential. You're getting her thoughts. You're looking at her. You're like, right. You know, I never thought of it this way. You know, like, but now (laughs) it it, it gets a conversation going in a great way that pre-screens it. Totally. So that was good. I like it. Um, Obviously with uh, the stuff that, that you and I, the way that you and I live our, our lives, um, you know, guys tend to get in this situation more when they're doing cold approach. Yep. Uh, because the, especially day game, because the whole kind of premise of approaching a girl on the sidewalk and, you know, being direct and then going on a couple dates, uh, hooking up, going on more dates, that whole premise kind of leads towards a monogamous relationship versus if you're out, mm-hmm. you got a bunch of friends. Um, she sees you in an environment where obviously there's other girls that are attracted to you. You're flirting with them. They're flirting with you. She must assume that oh, these people all seem very flirty. It's probably one of those sorts of social circles where everyone walks around, everyone has fun. Um, you know, she'll quickly get the, the feeling like, Oh, okay. This is, you know, this is the, the sort of thing that most people probably aren't monogamous. Uh, that's and, where I thrive. That's where yeah. I like. <laughs> well, I got so sick of just dealing with, you know, that that kind of one to three month, maybe six month cycle where you go out, you know, you day game, <laughs> meet a girl, you date her for a while, she tells you, "Let's be monogamous." You say, "I, you know, I don't, not really ready for that. Maybe down the road, yeah, we'll you, see." You got a three or six month shelf life for an LTR, like that's it's totally not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. At most, I think I made it last like nine months, and that was like legendary. It was like, yeah. it's like really, th- it's exactly what you said. It's like three to six months is like the norm. Um, also, but like guys have to realize this is old school shit that, that doesn't make sense anymore. Like back in the day, back in the fifties, you know, if you were the best door to door salesman, you were the king and everybody's like, let me teach you my legendary door to door sales tactics. It is amazing. That's how you make real money, right? It's 2019 now guys. Like we, we have the internet, we have, um, you know, it, Basically, day game to me is like cold calling and door-to-door sales, while social circle yeah. is like passive income through click funnels. It's just an yeah. on it's just an online passive marketing thing that just brings more and more women into your life while you are lazy and doing nothing. Okay. So when these guys are like, Oh, I love the cold approach, and but by the way, you have to know how to do it because it teaches you all the right skill sets. So you have to know how to do cold approach. But once you do, stop. Stop being cold approach guy because he's weird and and random and girls don't really respond to him and you'll ne- you will never have true abundance as a cold approach guy. I didn't. I thought I knew what abundance was. I really did as a cold approach guy. I really yeah. thought my oh I get like two girls a week and I know you know I got all this abundance. You have no fucking idea what abundance is until you do social <laughs> circle and every night out you are introduced to like five to fifteen new girls at or just always just flowing through you. So like with, with business, you know the idea is that passive income. Social circle is basically just passive pussy, right? It's just, you do nothing. You are lazy. You just show up and you, you have to turn down, like you have to turn down women. Yeah. And, and for the first time in my life, I was like, holy shit, this is what it's like to be a hot girl. I have different, I have three or four girls tonight hitting me up to hang out and I just can't because I want to work and do some other shit. And I got to be like, oh, shut up, bitch. Leave me alone. Like, like I'm ignoring <laughs> text messages. Because it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what to say to you. Like, or the girls would be like, hi. And I'm like, right, that's, that's a stupid opener. Go, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> it's, 
yeah, I'm looking at them like, nah, you, you lose girls. Like, just that, that's stupid. And, and if a girl gives me resistance, where it's like, hey, okay, maybe I like you. And she's like, oh, I don't know. All right, I'm just going to friend zone you. Fuck you. Like, we're yeah. just friends. And she goes, wait, what? You're not trying to, I don't know. I got a million, like, fine. You want to be friends? Cool. I don't have time. I don't, I have no time to play that, like, chasing game and back and forth. If you're not into it, fuck you. Have 20, I literally right here in front of me, 20 other options. Like, you came out with me and saw yourself. Like just one event, you know, the Rosé all day, you know, where it just littered. Like if yeah. one girl's not into it, I can't, I can't even talk to the amount of girls I want to in that limited time frame. If that makes sense. Right. So if you're a guy listening to this, and you know, you've, you know, you've earned your chops, you've done some day game, you've done some cold approach. Um, what's the best way to transition into the social circle sort of lifestyle? Wonderful money, money question. So number one, I would say uh, start by reading the book, Never Eat Alone. I think that is the bare basics and bare bones of social circle game. Uh, the second thing, though, is ask yourself, do I have five female friends? Like friends, maybe it's a little bit flirty with, but friends, girls I'm not sleeping with. Uh, and then ask yourself, do I have five female friends of girls I would, I would sleep with, I find attractive? I have some friends who are trying to do this, like, I'm getting female friends. I'm like, they're atrocious. You would never sleep with them. And they're only going to introduce you to girl, other girls that you would never be interested in. Like, Fuck, you're right. So it's like you <laughs> need actually to have five female friends of girls of the quality that you would want to get with. And yeah, guess what? It means some fucking self-control. Keep your dick in your pants. Like really what it comes down to. Like, I, I swear, I got I, I, friends, guys who are very good with women, attractive guys, guys who have a lot of money and are very successful in life. And like, I, I just can't do it. I meet a girl and she's sexy. Like, I have to hit on her. And I'm like, that's so short-sighted. You're an idiot. Yeah. But you have to have the self-control. That's, that's the hardest piece. You're not, yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I mean, I, it, for whatever reason, I'm okay. Like, I'm just like, you know what? If, I, if I'm that horn, I'll just go jack one off and like, I'll come back. Like, but I, for whatever reason, guys are just, they're, they're just so short-sighted where it's like, I have to game this girl. No, you don't. Get five female friends of girls that you would want to sleep with. Have that self-control. I guess that's the hardest thing for guys. And now you have what's basically social currency. That's kind of what I'm, I'm, I imagine it, right? So, for example, I could pay for a table. I could pay to party with the DJ. I could pay money to rent a yacht or a boat. I could pay money for a lot of things. I could pay money for a dinner. Or I can have social currency. I can show up with a bunch of women. Because my five female friends will each bring out uh, you know, three of their friends, right? Because no girl just comes out by herself. So now all of a sudden, I'm rolling with 15 girls because my five female friends brought out three. Well, a restaurant, if I'm bringing 15 girls, attractive girls, they'll be like, here's free appetizers and dinners on us. I go to a club, they're like, you have 15 girls with you. Here's a free table and free bottles on us. I'd see a guy with a boat. He's like, wait, you have 15 girls? Fill up my boat with them. Bring all your girls and come on my boat. I'm like, done. Now I, now I have a free yacht. It's social currency. Everything's free. Free 99. Just everybody wants to be around the girls that I have here. Okay. So from there, all of a sudden, now with my social currency, I now go and I meet uh, two types of people, the value connectors and social connectors. And the other kind of person, so there's value connectors, social connectors, ultimate connectors, and then social dead ends. A social connector is the first kind of person you want to meet. And a lot of times a social connector can be a girl, by the way. So keep that in mind. A social connector is basically just somebody who knows a lot of people. It's what you want to be, okay? So you, if you become, your goal, first goal, if you just want to start a social circle, become best friends with a social connector. So basically 
Robbie or me or somebody who knows, knows a lot of people, uh, that's the ideal, right? Because they will introduce you to everybody else and then you can start being a social connector. And there's certain ways to go about making friends with them and, and what not to do with them. But that's a whole other story. The second person priority you're going to meet are value connectors. Value connectors, they might not necessarily know a lot of people, but they have access to something that's very valuable to help a social circle, a.k.a. the, the, the bouncer at a club or, or the promoter who can hook you up with a free table if you bring the girls out. Uh, the guy with the yacht who's like, yo, bring girls and I'll, I will we'll ride out of my yacht, right? The guy with the mega mansion penthouse, the guy who helps organize a festival, right? These are value connectors. They're not as good as social connectors, but there's definitely people you want to be friends with and, and because they're, they're going to help out the circle. They, add, they literally add value to your circle. And then there's the ultimate connector, which is just both. They're a value connector. So like maybe basically like a, a club host. He knows a shit ton of people and he'll set up free tables for you. And he knows where all the best parties are. That's the ultimate connector. And maybe like I have one here in San Diego who, you know, he's not only does he throw these like the party you went to was the one he threw and he had me help throw it. So he's like, you know, runs like the second biggest uh, promotions company here. He gets free tables whenever he goes out. It's a value connector, but he knows everybody. He's also a social connector. So he's just like the ultimate connector. He's got this like mansion that he offered me to live in with him. And I'm just like, this is unreal. So he's like, he's like that guy, all of a sudden you're like, look, I want to make that guy my best friend because he's yeah. social connector and value connector. And then you have social dead ends. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with a social dead end. It just means they can't do any of the above. They have nothing to add value, tangible value to a social circle other than they're just cool, I guess. You know, they're like, they have, which is granted, that's fine. Uh, and that's probably what you want to start off as a value connector is you just give a lot of good emotions. You give value in that yeah. way. But they basically don't know anybody. They have no, they, all they do is they spend their time at home and they're hermits and they, they, they just Netflix and, you know, that's, that's all they do, right? So that's the social <laughs> I guess there's different tiers of uh, social dead ends. There's like the, the, there's the, you know, the good looking wingman that you have who's. But even that's a value connector. But, but he never brings girls. So he's kind of a social dead end. He just mooches your girls. Um, oh, well, then that's a problem. I mean, now, now he's taking that. No, but seriously, like, for example, I have, a, I have a friend who does not quote approach at all, but he's extremely good looking. And girls will come up to us and talk to us just because they see his muscles and shit, right? To me, yeah. that's still a value connector because he's okay. yeah. basically making me look good and he's bringing value of his looks to make other hot girls want to be around us. Now, sure, yeah, maybe, he gets, okay. maybe yeah. he gets the top, the top of the litter, the 10, who's just into him for his looks. But I'm talking to the nine, her best friend right there. And they're, all they're into is the looks aspect, right? I'm not going to compete with them on that. Still, still a good wingman, you could say. It's but still a good wingman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. So social dead end is just someone who provides some value. They yeah. provide, now, they could be, they could be a, like a lot of times your old high school buddies. You know, you're like, right. man, they're fun. I have good memories, yada, yada. And I'm not saying like cut them off. And so I, so one rule. It's of not good for social I, situations. Go to dinner exactly. with them. Grab coffee. Don't bring them out to the nightclub. Yeah, you have to realize like this person isn't helping social circle. Like there's strategy and then there's rapport. Uh, value and rapport. Now, honestly, though, I will choose rapport over value every single time. So for instance, um, I have rapport with you, Robbie, right? So when you came in and you were visiting San Diego, I had my ultimate connector friends offering this mega, you know, DJ booths here at Omnia, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to choose that. I'd rather choose rapport and hang out with a friend, you know, with, with you who I haven't seen in a long time because that's more important to me. Right. Yeah. So when, and I appreciate that, buddy, because that was fun. It was fun to shoot the shit. We went out, wasn't a lot of girls there. We just hang out. But it was still just, it was just yeah. chill and fun. And then luckily yeah. I was able to show you my world the, the next day and bring you to the, to the event yeah. and, and party I was doing. Right. But at the end of the day, 
I do think that's important for people who are developing a soul circle to not get lost in just the value aspects, where if you have to make a choice between value and rapport, I would say choose, you know, choose rapport because yeah. that's going to build loyalty. You're going to build investing in people. Um, you know, it's Otherwise, just become a, a sociopathic fuck if you only choose value. Yeah. I mean, there's still, and there's still strategy to it, but it's, it's definitely just better for the soul, honestly. For sure. Well, that's a good place to leave off because I think the prior podcast we did, um, or the one we can do next time, kind of went into more of the social circle stuff. But I love the, I love the setup of it. Um, so listen to the last episode that I did uh, with Jared. If you guys want to check out more on social circle, and we'll probably do some more shit in the future too. Which is um, all just a, a subset of social influence. Honestly, that's everything we talk about. Just goes down to back to how do we socially influence our surroundings totally uh so tell tell people where they can go to find out more modernflirting.com what else all right shameless plug here we go <laughs> so uh by the way the, the the outreach i got emails from a lot of the guys viewers listening to this uh thank you so much i got a lot of kind words um i, I i'm not going through every single email but you guys are amazing the, the people who listen to this are just absolutely amazing uh like always i'm happy to give you guys my book for free I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have for free. Uh, you know, with that said, you know, we're talking about sales and, and benefits and whatnot. I a hundred percent do believe in my program. And I know that if you are somebody who's listening to this, chances are you want a life with a bigger social circle. You want a life with more social influence. You probably want a better dating life, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I would love to talk to you about how you know my program can benefit you in all these areas of life and if it's not a good fit it's not a good fit you know whatever but again i passionately believe in it um if you want my free book or if you want to talk about it how we can change your life now and, and get you living a lifestyle very similar to me and robbie and eventually hopefully bringing you into our social circle uh just hit me up message me you can find me on facebook that's the easy one you can see all my fun expo you know my fun adventures uh jared psych lawrence L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, Jared Psych Lawrence on Facebook. Message me directly. You can also email me at psych, D-S-Y-C-H, psych at modernflirting.com or just check out the website, modernflirting.com. You can contact me there. Um, yeah, pretty easy to find. And I'm happy to do a free strategy session for anybody who wants it because, Robbie, your viewers deserve it. <laughs> awesome, dude. Guys, make sure you check that out. Uh, don't miss out that opportunity to talk to Jared. He fucking knows his shit, obviously. And uh, thanks so much for coming back on, man. It's been a pleasure as always. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. Can't wait for next time. Five times I get the jizz rag. I'm calling it the jizz rag. <laughs> the jizz rag. Just, just blanket. Just blanket. It's ooh la la. Yeah, buddy. Later. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.